I don't like y'all basketball players. I check <laughs> your I check your stats every night. I'm tired of these one and two assists or zero assists. Bro, so, I beat. We go no, no. We go, but he wasn't in the position yeah. to get that assist. But you promised me a triple double this year. You still ain't got one. I got time. You don't think I forget. Okay. Yeah, I got, I got okay. some time. Okay. Are you going to get you a triple-double in the playoffs? Okay. This is Andre Iguodala. This is Evan Turner. We're trying to get to the true essence of not just basketball, but life, and that means something, something, something. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. That level of understanding has been taken out of the game. Of the game. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Point Forward Podcast. Myself, Andre Godala, my main man, Evan Turner. Dre, give me a quick rundown on the Masters. How did your, how'd you do in your pool? What happened to Capcom on Sunday? Uh, it's actually funny. I had a, I hit him a couple, I hit him twice after the first round and I talked to him after the final round. But uh, it was a good, it was a good tournament. Uh, the weather kind of threw it off a little bit. They had mm. a weather delay on day two and day three that moved them mm. to the oh, further into the next day. So they had uh, a couple days with some extra holes of golf. Uh, it was very interesting. Hovland started off hot. Victor Hovland, foreign kid who's been killing it, he's still young. But I had Cam Smith, and what's interesting about Cam Smith and Russ Kepka is that they're live guys. So they went over to live. And oh, those wow. are two guys I had. Yeah. So the live guys had a great showing. Uh, I'll sum up the Masters like this. It was good to see everybody back in one place, all the top golfers playing against each other. And it was respectful. And so yeah. the funny thing is it was a little petty. Uh, the Masters app has the best app I've ever seen. Like you can see every shot from every player. You see oh, the broadcast. Right. You can have like four screens on your screen to see all the action from different holes, different players, the feature groups. It was super dope. But uh, they didn't show too much footage on uh, the live guys, so they kind of drowned them out. But they were it was respectful in interviews. Uh, you saw the other players interacting with some of the live guys. It was all yeah. love. So it, it wasn't no it wasn't too much animosity yeah. with the exception of like two guys. Yeah, I, I doubt it's on site at the PGA tours. <laughs> no, it, it was looking like it was looking like it could have been on site. Riding up to it because it was the first time they got back on the same tournament, and so it was it was super interesting. Um, but they were showing mad love uh, to 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 the live guys. The live guys show love back, and and they even spoke about it kind of in their post round interviews, where it was it, it was good to see. Man, they they seem to have uh, got away from them ill feelings towards, particularly Brooks Kepka and DJ. They love them guys. Um, now Phil was very quiet. Phil turned in a crazy second place. Mm -hmm. Like he got hot. Phil Mickelson went crazy. And he, yeah, he's 52 years old. You know, we just saw Udonis. How old is he now? Yeah. Shout out to Udonis. His last game, he hit a couple threes, went out on a high note, um, with the regular season for his career. And like Phil would be in the masters more, but he set a record, like the lowest score for a guy of his age, the, the uh, the highest finish for a guy his age. And he kind of, it was like a, call it a backdoor finish, but I'll take it too. Um, but yeah, it was it was yeah. a good uh masters. And let me let me say the guy that won, John Rahm. It's interesting because you have this uh you have this live versus PGA tour <laughs> type vibe, but and it's something I want to talk about with the NBA at some point in one of our pods is 
you know, we 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 naturally rooted for the Americans. That's how we grew up, right? Yeah. Like we grew up, we, we grew up rooting for the American players in the NBA, even though we had respect for foreign players, you know, like we, yeah, of course. we had respect for Detlef Shrimp, Tony Kukoc, but we knew like the best Sabonis, players from America. Sabonis, Sabonis was true. Yeah. Right. So yeah. in golf, I feel like we were rooting for Brooks because he's the American and we know he got the Ryder Cup, which is a big, you know, that's like yeah. one of the biggest events in golf, you know, Europe versus America. And, uh, but John Rahm's from Spain, he's a PGA, PGA guy. And so I'm sure the PGA wanted him to win. But, you know, it was still love for Brooks. And so I think there was yeah. a lot of conflicting thoughts on it. But it was super dope, super dope. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of Nike yeah. energy when it comes to Team USA. Or like the, the conspiracy of it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, everybody for on sure. Team USA is Nike. Like, remember Brandon Jennings back in, like, 2010 was like, of course I didn't get picked or invited because it's a Nike thing. Like, I'm Under Armour, like, woo off the bam. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, when you... When you switch sides, you mess out on some of that marketing and all the perks. You know what I'm saying? Like, true. Like what what Nico Harrison said a lot of times this summer is the players think it's them, but some it's really the machine that's able to put you on the different machine. markets, drive, and get you on those platforms. Nobody else is going to be able to do that like Nike. You know what I'm saying? True story. True story. And I feel like that's the similar here with PGA being Nike and Live being you know you're trying to do something different, going with a different company and. Uh, trying to get off the ground that way. And, you know, like we spoke of before, Liv still doesn't have a TV deal. And so, or they do. It's the CW, which is the first time they had a lot of oh, sports. And they trying to, yeah. yeah, they trying to figure they, that whole thing out. And They used to play the game on, remember the TV show, The Game? Yeah, That was on yeah, CW. Yeah, yeah. There was some good, there, yeah. was, there was some high stuff going on. True story. And the uh, Wayans Brothers, their show, it was, it was right there too. Oh, yeah, you but it's going to be interesting. yeah. I, yeah, I, they I had some like shows. It. To be honest with you, but, bro, you can play live sports anywhere, bro. Because you just flicking through channels, I'm like, thank the Lord. Like, you know what I'm saying? Especially during right, right. True, but but we spoke about this um, in terms of like perception and like having lobbyists to you know put you on a pedestal and dig dirt on throw dirt on someone else's name. And so Liv has had so much dirt thrown on their names in terms of where the money coming from, the Saudi. Uh, the, the Saudi money being thrown at them, but never saying, you know, a lot of American uh, companies are being invested in by Saudi money. Saudi, we've been yeah. doing business with them for so long. And just kind of how folks, you know, it's like you turn on something to be like, wait, can I watch this? And it's like, why would you and ask what? yourself that? But I, that's the vibe. Like, I feel like I've been getting, but Liv has been smart in nah. putting their tournaments on, you know, the PGA has tiered events. So it's like yeah. the the, uh, <laughs> the majors and they got, it's called, um, Super events, which are elevated and pay more, but then like the elevated events, but then you got your regular events that the top guys aren't there. Liv has been putting their events on those dates, so they're both oh, yeah. going at the same time. So Liv actually has a better crop of players against the lower more crop. Uh, tier uh, tournaments, but they still haven't been able to get uh, get viewership. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays yeah, out. Well, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping at the end of the day, man. When it comes down to it, yeah. they're not talking about anything else but live. You know what I'm saying? So Before we get into this week's interview, this is where we remind you to look out for us on TikTok, IG, Substack, and the usuals at Point Forward. And make sure you catch us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to or watch podcasts. Point 
forward. Dante recap. We got a lot of great energy coming from the Dante DiVincenzo pod, you know, uh, speaking about Steve or is he a shooter or just kind of how he views himself as an NBA player, you know, his his relationship with the pros that were at Villanova while he was there. Um, so, so how's the energy been on your side from that interview? Man, the energy is crazy. I had a lot of people hit me up and said they love the interview. You know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. Dante gave mm-hmm. us a lot. I think he's a, you know, a unique player. And I think, uh, you know, he has that anything Warriors is going to have an appeal. But I think like the interview he gave and like how he opened up really showed his personality. I thought he's pretty, uh, pretty chill, pretty calm. It, it makes me want to visit Delaware because I feel like the two most, uh, <laughs> the two most hoodest players were that we had, guess we had on was Bones Highland. And then Dante DiVincenzo. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I'm sitting yeah. there like, bro, this dude a real... <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. Dante's a dope, dope player, and I'm a big fan of his. Interesting dynamic. Uh, I do need to mention this. Famous mm-hmm. Los reached out, um, and I forget our reach sometimes, but I guess they, uh, they hit him up about my um, commentary on betting in-game. And uh, I hear Famous Los, I'm glad he posted it. I say, always speak your mind. Uh, there was a piece where I said that uh, you have people betting on games and it puts emotional feelings attached to their bets and how they feel towards players. Like Loon didn't get enough. He missed one rebound, so somebody didn't hit a parlay. And I used Famous Lowe's name because that was the first thing on my brain because he made a bet. Now, I know he's a Super Warriors fan and I know he's not oh, switching he, sides. Oh, oh, he, oh, he love y'all, but, bro. <laughs> right, but I... I didn't, I wasn't able to gather the full thought and finish it. Like, you know, we have, we've been having this issue with fans in Orlando, particularly one was with Bradley Bill and one was with Toronto with Chris Boucher, how the fans are speaking to the players on some different level, like total disrespect. So I do need, I wanted to apologize to famous Los. That's my guy. He always shows love. The thought was like, I know he's, he's a content creator and big on basketball growing the game. He's been doing his thing and I don't. He doesn't have that energy, so I'm fine with how he yeah. expresses himself. If someone doesn't hit a parlay, I know it's not personal. So, uh, but that's my guy. It's all love, and it's like it's like uh, that's the homie. But yeah. the rest of y'all, mind your business. Point forward. All right, um, Et. We also, you know, with the Dante interview, we also spoke about the second son theory. Oh, that um, was crazy. Yeah, and so I, I was telling folks how I got it from Robert Smith. And how he only hired second sons and his theory behind it. So I'll read exactly what our team has pulled together of where that came from. So during the research, we found a theory. Uh, we think it dates in its roots to Alfred Adler's birth order research in the late 1800s. And his birth order theory described how the effect of birth order shapes children's thoughts and behaviors. And I think we know that, but not to the extent of like the second son. And on second children, Adler says, having an older sibling as a role model, I think to me, negative and positively, makes second born and middle children try to catch up with older children. Adler believes the second child will most likely be better adjusted and achiever, competitor, et cetera, et cetera. And so from your, your childhood experiences, and you're actually the you're the second son, but you're the third son. Yeah. So uh, like, you know. Yeah, my older brother's like 12 years older than me. And then my brother Darius is like what 13 months older than me. So we basically so I second I guess I could have technically second child in that sense. So my oldest brother was just like 
a dad more so than a brother. You know what I mean? But gotcha. But I mean, I definitely agree with it, bro. I mean, when you break it down, it's just like before you know, it's like the outliers of I'm going to go hoop with my brother's friends. I'm not playing with like younger kids. So like when it comes down right. to it, in every league I go to and everything, I'm naturally playing up, or like I'm naturally competing, mm-hmm. or I'm naturally mm-hmm. when he hits his like growth spurt or like puberty or whatever, I was like three or four years behind him. I had to like keep up in that sense, you know what I mean? Maturation and make sure. I guess in the sake of sports, I was really as good as I could be much more than anything. What do you think, right. bro? I, I can only imagine that Frank is so athletic and like, my, shout out to my brother Darius, but he wasn't like Frank Iguodala. You know what I mean? Like he was a decent yeah. athlete, yeah. but like even say me, if I wasn't six, seven, I might've been a D2 player. Like, you know what I'm saying? But Frank was like mm-hmm. a, a freak athlete, super six, athlete, four, <laughs> 45 inch vert, Nigerian yeah. jeans. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, how do you feel? But Frank he didn't really challenge you on and shit. Nah, Frank was Frank was always bigger and stronger than me. Yeah. And so it was me learning how to play on those emotional roller coasters. So he would make me mad and I couldn't play mad. And so he was just bigger and would beat me up a little bit and I couldn't play mad. So it kind of helped me when I start getting like really good to where it was close, I knew how to control how to control my emotions cuz I was a sore loser and I was you know, yeah. my emotions were all yeah. over the place at a young age. And so I think it helped in that aspect. And just watching him make mistakes and seeing what not to do. And even he was the type of older brother. Frank was crazy, but yeah. he he understood, like, you know, you're going to make it. Like, you're going to be the one that goes somewhere. So, nope, you can't go with me here. Nope, you can't do this. Nope, you got to stay out of trouble. And so I think, you know, that was, like, he, he actually saw that. And so I got to, yeah. you know, big yeah. him up for, for seeing that. Yeah, my brother Darius used to do that. He used to... Uh... So he'd be on a bus going to school. He'd be ready to ditch with his friends. He'd be like, Evan, go to school. I was like, this nigga, right? So a superhuman, huh? <laughs> so like, like, all right, bro. Once mom find out, you're going to get that ass whooped. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. I just I just knew Frank was getting in trouble. I knew, like, let me not be over there yeah. when he's getting in trouble. Yeah. No, but, it's uh, like, it's yeah, also a yeah. way easier path. Like, even when my brother started, like, high school first, I kind of knew what to expect or, like, what not to do by the mistakes he made, like you said. Right. Right, right, right. But shout out to all the older brothers looking out for the younger brothers. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I was thinking of Jeremy Grant. Right. Is, is Jerry? Who's the oldest? Jerry or Jer- Jeremy? Are they related? It's three of them. It's three of them. They and 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 all three of them. They're well, the other one made it to the league. Two, two of them made it to the league. They're Harvey's yeah. kids, and okay. I think Jeremy might be the middle child. I think he might be the second one. I but mean, I do know. Anytime you get to six ten, you got a chance. So, all right, I don't know if that's middle child or not. It's more impressive. But because the, the other brothers made. weren't that tall. Right. You're right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 Seth made it. Seth is a dog. Yeah, I wonder which one does uh, Plumley. Where does he fall in? Wait, it's all three of them made the league, bro, and so did the Zellers. Yeah, but Mason was the one. I mean, the Zellers Mason, did too, but who was? I mean, Miles signed for fifty-four million, so he made the league, dog. Like enough to be living elsewhere and act like looking like a fucking fool. Like he made enough money. True to, story. Then the Zeller boys are uh, Cody, Luke, and Tyler Zeller. So Cody. I, Cody is Mr. Oh. Ba- so wait, wait, Luke was Mr. Basketball in 05, went to Notre Dame, All-American. Tyler comes next, Mr. Basketball in 08, All-American goes to North Carolina. Cody is like, what is that, like 2010? 
Mr. Basketball All-American goes to IU. So two uh, of them, Indiana, yes, sir. Yeah, so two of the three kids were legends, left legends yeah. at two of the biggest basketball schools ever. Yep. Isn't yep. that crazy? That's dope. <laughs> that's, that's OD when you think about if you had a son, you had three sons all made it to the league, and then all of them yeah. did that. All right, we're going to use this next yeah. one Drew Holiday. He's definitely Drew's the second child. Yeah, Drew's the second got, child. That's the second, second son. child. Yeah. Robert second Smith, if, you, if you're hearing this, hire him because that, that's a second child <laughs> moment, like, like a motherfucker. No, Clay Thompson. Bro, they're all, oh, they're, he's they're the second a, son. Yeah, Mike Tracy is pretty good at baseball too, right? Yeah, yeah. Mikey uh, played, uh, he got a chip with the G League Warriors. Oh, that's lit. Mikey, Mikey shoot shot, that thing. He'd be in practice killing. If he shot as much as <laughs> right Clay, now. he might have been in the league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Point forward. <laughs> Speaking of uh, NBA, now we're in year three. What are, what are, what are our thoughts on the play-in? Has it worked? Because, you know, we're critical of all the new stuff. You know, the in-season tournament and the play-in was a big deal, whether we should have it or yeah. not. But thoughts I, on the play-in? I like the play-in. I think it keeps, keeps it competitive. I think it keeps, like, the conversation going. But I think I bring up the time in 2012 sometime. Uh, was it 2012? I remember we were waiting in Milwaukee to see if we were going to go play the Bulls or the Heat. You know what I mean? And, like, sometimes <laughs> yeah. when it comes down to it, the playing game, I feel like, makes up for, like, stuff you can't control. Like, if your star player is out for two weeks or, like, something crazy happened, like, to miss the playoffs or, like, whatever, by, like, a half a game or you didn't tie, like, to go home and do that is not wavy. And then when you do the result of not making the playoffs and stuff, it literally, bro, you could be looking for a new address, dog. Because when that happens... I was just about to say that. Go no, ahead. Because how bogus people are, and I can even bring it up with Trey Young, when that happens, they just start throwing a gun in everybody's lap and dudes are trying to keep their jobs. You understand what I'm saying? And it's like, wait, hold on. Um, hold up. Like, no, nah, this is a fault. We didn't make the playoffs. Or this is... Like, they don't take anything in consideration. Like, food poison. Like, maybe just a bad streak. But it's like, that stuff can get you fired. It's the next two years of your career you know, re repaves and all off like a half game, bro. Like, I'm all for the playing game. I'm for it. And how, it's and, been and really have, good. And you have Pat Bev moments. People may find <laughs> yes. Pat Bev, but that was yes. a legendary it's a great moment, moment, bro. Yeah. Great moment. Shout out Pat Great Bev. moment. Great moment. And I think where we need to go with this as well is it's going to be the cause for a lot of trades, like marquee name trades. And so this is just on top of my mind. You know, we don't, because, you know, they don't talk about certain teams. The majority of the league isn't talked about. Like, it's the big markets. You got, obviously, L.A. They talk about a lot. The Warriors, they talk about a lot. And then your superstars, whether it's Joel or Milwaukee, they don't even get spoken about that that much. Jokic, like, Will, the Nuggets had the best record and didn't only had one player in the All-Star game. And so we know where our yeah, energy is crazy. spent from a media perspective. So I'm saying all that to say Atlanta went down there and beat Miami. That's good. Shout out to Trey Young. And, and we were just talking about the situation yeah. with Trey, new coach. You know, yeah. they it, it seems to be they button heads. You know, um, hopefully we'll get the chance to we'll go, we're gonna go see Trey because, you know, was Atlanta, their old guard of the front office, you know, they they traded for Trey. They could have had Luca, and yeah. Luca gets off to a hot start, and now they gotta go all in on trade. They got to make it work to yeah, save face. Mm -hmm. But now in hindsight, we're seeing what's going on in Dallas. Uh, Trey, Trey has a big win. You know, like taking your team to the playoffs in, in that fashion, even if you lose in the first wild, will save you some grace. And oh, no. I'm just, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. 
Or yeah, or not not only that, bro. Like when you break it down, like shit. If I was Trey, I'd do what everybody else does. I analytically fuck the shit out of them and just be like, no, analytically, <laughs> I man, I was this, I was that, I was this, I was that. What are y'all talking about? This is but, true. Yeah, but the, I mean, I'm gonna stick up for Trey because uh, I was there my last year in Atlanta, and it wasn't on whatever this. Like I told you earlier, I think Trey's a good kid. I think your your vets and everything are very important. I think like how you rear the individuals coming in is going to be everything. So when it comes down to it, like the stuff they're talking about Trey about, he was never held that way accountable. Like Travis Slank never held him that type of accountable. Like we didn't sat there and be like, yo, do this, do that. Mm. Da, 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 da. People then came in and been like, hey, bro, y'all were too tough on Trey. And that's not in a disrespectful sense. It's not Trey. It's literally like the toughness and like how hard you allow him to get hit. So now when he's coming to this situation, everybody's pointing fingers at him. It's like, no, that's not Trey's fault. That's what y'all allowed this whole time. And then now you get a new coach and he's like, no, you just got two new coaches. Like, the fuck on? Do you understand what I'm saying? Preach. So now when, <laughs> yeah, so now when everything's hitting the fan, who are they going to blame? You're going to try to blame Trey yeah. Young or do this or do that. And, yeah. and granted, whatever yeah. it is to each their own, but you want to know who fucked it up? The front office and the people that are trying to like show them away and build the culture, in my personal opinion. Mm. Oh, oh, speaking of which, uh, I did not know that the stats on the playing game doesn't count. Oh, it don't? My shit count. <laughs> you playing a playing game? <laughs> no, it don't. But if I got a triple double, that bitch count. <laughs> wow, that's a great point. If yeah, I get triple double, it don't count. So if I get hurt doing that, like, oh. so like no, it, it, it don't hurt. Or like, do I get a technical or you gonna take my take my tech money? You feel what I'm saying? Ooh. Nah, you get you getting in your bag. Opens it's all open up. That opens up a can of worms. Cause if it's not a real stat, are y'all not making money off the game that night? Like, what are we talking about? Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, 100%. are you not are you not getting TV? Are they not coming in? Like, you feel me? Uh, it's interesting to me because if Rudy Gobert suspended, that was the most. This, what's this? What's the suspension look like? Is what type of game? Is it a game check? Like one night? One I like one, that. One hundred and twelfth. You know what I mean? Nah, that's that's an IOU for real till they figure it out. I'm going to be completely honest with you, bro. And also, too, Rudy threw the least lethal punch of all time, bro. Light light skin on light skin fight shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't be that uh, crazy. But I fuck with Kyle Anderson. It's going to be some, depending on how it goes with them, that's going to determine a lot, too, I think. Because they gave up a Minnesota? lot for Rudy. Bro, somebody... Who was that dude that made that trade? That was the guy from Denver, correct? Yeah. All right, so listen. This is all I'm going to say. Now, Now, who came over and finessed him? Who who did that? You know who did that, right? Who did that? Danny Ainge. Did... Oh, he was from Utah. He was in Utah. I'm tripping. That was Utah deal. Yes, right? Dan, Dan, Danny Ainge is in Utah. So when we come here and talk about basketball, we'd be like, oh, it's inner losers. It's this. You understand? Like, do you understand... Just at this moment, a basketball mind, somebody with so much history, so much experience and everything, and just even doing the eye test, because Danny also sees the eye test and relies on his gut because of off what? Experience. He just right. finessed the I greatest trade of all time, like eight <laughs> or nine years after finessing the greatest trade of all time by forming a big three, dog. Like, are we listening right now? No, no, no. I got you, get, you gave Buddy half the franchise. Shout out to Jokic. Or we Gucci. Yeah, there's technicalities and there's fine print in that. That's a, and that's all I'll say. 
on that. No, nah, but that. but, if you, but I, I'm gonna give him this. If you okay a 300 pounder, take whatever credits you you deserve. You understand what I'm saying? True. In my personal opinion, it's not True. like you went and got like a high yeah. fire like this and the other. Like literally, nobody saw yeah. this coming with Jokic, bro. He might yeah. arguably yeah. win three MVPs. <laughs> yeah, but and, some- and yeah, true story. True story. And yeah. I, I got something even better for you. This is going to be a hot take. So are you saying don't do a deal with Danny Ainge? Because he's that good. I think, <laughs> I think like deep down, you know, <laughs> he's really that good, bro. Danny Ainge, like when you yeah. look at Danny Ainge's Wikipedia, whether it be like from when he retired to plans, like his Wikipedia is unbelievable, dog. Danny is like elite, but I just think like I'm not shocked when it comes down to it, just ignorantly speaking, if it was like a non-basketball player or mine, it doesn't shock me he got finessed mm-hmm. by like somebody that knows the ins and outs. Who would trade all those people for Rudy Gobert? Like, I just never been a, I've never been a Gobert three defensive player of the year fan. Like what DeMarcus Cousins said about like Jokic in a sense, even though Jokic is like unbelievable. Like, but Go- Gobert winning three defensive player of the years puts him in certain categories. Like is he they'll be like, is he the best French player of all time? He's not better than Tony Parker. Point forward. Down for that, clown for that. Um, as you all well know, um, our listeners. Uh, and to any of you new listeners, uh, ET and I pretty much agree on most things, but not everything. So our down for that, clown for that is where we take a stance on a trending subject and decide whether we are down for it or we have to clown it. And so uh, this one is near and dear to my heart uh, because, of you know, I know the founders of this company and uh, I've been watching them for quite some time from like the beginning. And uh, so we saw Donald Glover, um, a.k.a. Childish Gambino, a.k.a. any other names he goes by. Um, who's an actor, uh, rapper, songwriter, singer, all the above. Um, You might know him from uh, Atlanta, the show, producing it as well. And his new show, Swarm, where he's uh, seemingly taking shots at Beyonce. Funny show. I got got like two episodes left. I got to finish it. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, Shout out to Donald Glover. Uh, But he pulled up to the Brooklyn Nets game in the new Mischief Shoe, um, in their backwards sneaker. And so uh, basically it's uh, mischief is the new age supreme. If I had to give you, you know, their tech company per se, it's like the tech version, the tech version of supreme. And so the company has drops. They have a, uh, they have an app and a website. Do they have an app? They have a website um, and they do uh, like super dope drops every once a week, they do a drop and it could be an audio file. Uh, it could be uh, a product like a shoe or they had like um, they had like some Skittles where they redesigned the packaging on the Skittles, like uh, nostalgic uh, type drops um, like they and in one drop was super dope. They dropped a link to where you can get access to every streaming platform for free until the streaming platforms call hold of it and turned it down. Uh, they everyone knows them recently as from the big red boots. So the big red boots, oh, you okay, saw, yeah, yeah. Uh, mischief mace, though. They had the Jesus shoe, which, where they took all a bunch of all white Air Maxes and put uh, water from the it was a Red Sea, injected that into the uh, Air Max bubble, oh. and you had water in there. That was like 2018, eight, oh, really? 17, crazy. 18. Yeah, they was going for like six grand. And then they dropped the Lil Nas X shoe, which was the Satan shoe. So it was yeah, Jesus was shoe and the Satan shoe. Yeah, yeah. Nike sued the hell out of them. Uh, they had the blood but in they've there, been right? on. 
Yeah, they had the blood, blood in there. So yeah, yeah. They on a crazy run. Um, and so are we down for it or are we clown for the the very interesting drops from uh mischief? I mean, I'm I'm not really down for it. I, I think like it's cool, it's unique. I think like at the end of the day, like we always say, like weird stuff like this will trend. And you're gonna make your money. Like I'm a I'm a sneakerhead, like I'm into trends and stuff. I've never once like slowed down and been like, yo, I want these bad boys. You know what I'm saying? But I give them credit for the for like, man, how viral they go for everything. Yeah, I, I'm down for it just because it's you know, I, I'm I'm biased. Yeah. And um, you know, just knowing the company and um, you know, watching it for quite some time, everything that they've been doing. Um, they got a museum in Brooklyn that's super dope. It's like a it's like a Ferrari. I think it's a Ferrari, like inside their showroom. They just a bunch of engineers just creating dope stuff. Like even when they were doing the shoes, like they're in-house making these shoes. Like they don't have like a production, like a manufacturing uh -huh. facility. Like it's all in-house. Like you see a bunch of engineers, like nerds who code, injecting water into some Air Maxes and then stitching some stuff up. You know, they putting the cross on the back of the shoe, oh, all these hard. different things. Yeah, like super dope, like ironing print onto the shoe. Like they all doing this and um, super, super dope company. I'm down for it. You can see where fashion is going all these different crazy places. And uh, they've got some really cool trends. Yeah, I mean, it's innovative. It's 2023. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'm down with it. How many times can you remake this, come out with the same retro? True story. And, and yeah, that, that exactly. That exactly. Oh, they did the Western McCauley shoe. That was dope. I'm surprised you didn't get those. Well, I'm not surprised because they were expensive. They had the uh, Birkenstocks. So, they took a Birkin bag and cut them up, made a Birkenstock with the Birkin bag material. Uh, Future That's had hard. a pair. That's hard. But they was going for like 50 grand and yeah, I ain't got it. <laughs> they probably made, made them up to a size 12. I can't stand European companies. You know what I mean? Like go to that 48, that 49 for me. You know I'm coming through. Yes. <laughs> Point forward. All right, today we're joined by one of NBA's bright young stars. And he also happens to be our second Villanova alum in two weeks. I think it's really wonderful we're getting an opportunity to talk to a guy I feel doesn't do a lot of talking in general. He's been letting his game definitely do the talking. Yeah. Um, he was a part of the trade that sent Katie to Phoenix, and yep. he's truly coming to his own uh, when he landed in Brooklyn, just got right to it, proving he's not only a defensive stopper, but a legit first option on offense. Here's our conversation with Mikael Bridges of the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> So, man, I'm excited, man, about this one. Uh, you and I go, uh, we go way back before we even met. Um, so for the folks that don't know Mr. Bridges, uh, how did you get here on Point Four today? Uh, just because I'm, what, sitting with some uh, Philly legends? That's what it is? Some Sixers legends? Man, I'm not. Hey, man, that's legend. what I, uh, oh, man. Nah. <laughs> I didn't know I was. Yeah. Nah. When, when you were there? Uh, was that 2010 and like I got traded in 2014? See, 2010, I was in middle school, so I was there at the games. I was there courtside. See, I remember him because I was there. I mean, of course, ET, I remember, but I was there courtside, and four was always my favorite number growing up. <laughs> so when Chris Weber got there, 
and took four from you. I mean, you know, you're in the league, you know now, like somebody in the league, they get a little money to switch. But at a young age, you don't know. You're just like, damn, you're going to take my man number like that? <laughs> Went the nine. And I remember I was, I was off Chris Webber ever since he got there. I was hot. I'm like, this old dude going to come here, go take Iggy number. I was hot. I was hot. But, uh. Hey, man, that's, that's what I know you guys by. Philly yeah. Legends, man. And then you always had a history at the games because I remember besides the NCAA tournament, I got, like, an emotional tie to you and your family because of what occurred draft night. <laughs> I'm like, oh, good for Shorty, man. He just won a national title. Yeah. Get to play at home, put on for the Sixers. His mom is they're showing her on camera, mm -hmm. everything like that. And then, like, what, 15 minutes? They pulled the chair out from under you? Yeah, they um, sent you sent you on a, the Odie Wop dude for a couple of years. Across the whole country. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was crazy. They, uh, I think they did the trade, like, right after Lil' Key, because I think people already knew. Like, I went through the whole media, like, yeah. you know, I was, I was in high school, college. So, like, I know all the media people, like, by name, by face. So I'm sitting down with my hat. You know, geeked up, and I'm just looking at the room, all media, and I know everybody. Like, oh. raise a hand. I'm like pointing at them, smiling. Like, yeah, we knew this was gonna happen. Yeah. And then right when I walked out, they they brought me to a room, and I heard them talking on the side, like about a trade. And I like, you could tell when in the beginning they were happy, but then like they kind of was acting weird, and I was just like looking at them, like, why are they so like nervous around me right now? Like, why are they so? Whatever, but they were, they, you know, they found out about the trade and they were kind of nervous to tell me. Um, but yeah, it was fast, it was quick. But only thing that kind of helped that I met, I met Da at the college awards like, like a month ago, like after the season ended. Oh, DeAndre Aiden. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I was that was my first time meeting him, and we kind of got close then, so it was kind of cool. I was like the first person I saw when I had my Phoenix hat on, and we was like big love, big dapped up. But man, that experience was. I never, I've never experienced something where like some you dreamed your whole life and like just human nature just comes over and just takes away. Like I was pissed off. Mm, like uh -huh. my whole life I wanted to get drafted. I didn't think top 10 ever. I wasn't going to say that was like my dream, like uh. go top 10. I, I went top 10 and I was pissed off. Like, like I couldn't control my emotions. Like I was so mad. Like even after everybody went out, I'm in my hotel room. Like, not like, 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 like fuck this. I was hot. I was just sitting there like, man whatever like oh. it took me days to realize after <laughs> it's just a that night yeah but that night i was i was i was pretty pissed off and from there i think uh one thing that occurred that dre and I always talk about that i think sometimes gets lost in the sauce was your journey in, in phoenix mm -hmm. and you know like i said they sent you you know on a crazy roller coaster across the, the country but the biggest roller coaster was the way you came on later Basically, you weren't starting right away. You still had to earn your yeah. you know, earn your keep and everything like that. In yeah. That um, yeah. First year, you know, we won 19 games, so that was tough. Um, what was then, that 70 point game like? <laughs> were you there for that? No, against Boston. Yeah, I was in there. Okay, oh, good. Okay, no, no, you get you get a lot of brownie points for not being there. Thank uh, you for not being there. Because the picture and everybody was happy. No, nah, man, it's just come on. <laughs> 70 was uh, it was impressive. I'm saying bro. though, it, it was fake impressive, bro. Like you know, like I get it. I mean, they've been losing all. Like I don't know when it was. Bro, seventy points is it's crazy. crazy, bro. Well, last time somebody had seventy kid. was it was Kobe Donald Donald Mitchell. Mitchell. I'm saying that was four or five years later, dog. Listen, listen. All right, we were all basketball enthusiasts, right? Now this is a real point forward, I'm especially listening. after what 
Where are we gonna take him this summer? <laughs> we we getting in the gym with him. Oh yeah, we going there. And it's all point forward action, point right? Dark. You know how to point dribble, right? I'm tired of him having two assists, right? I check I check this uh, man's stats every game. He know every game I'm checking, right? It's only a few players that I. What you what you say? We got the same clothes on, so we we had a very good conversation. You say I don't like nobody. Really then you said like it earlier. I don't like yeah. nobody. I don't I don't like y'all basketball players. I check <laughs> your basketball. I check your stats every night. I'm tired of these one and two assists or zero assists. Bro, so, I be we go no no we go, but he wasn't in the position yeah. to get that assist. But you promised me a triple double this year. You still ain't got one. I got time. You don't think I forget. Okay. I got, yeah, I got, I got okay. some time. Okay. Got some time. Are you okay. gonna get you a triple double in the playoffs? Okay. No, that's... See, I mean, he, he, he did jump the gun in playoffs. I, I was thinking <laughs> about the regular season. Listen, man. Happy I was. You can't call timeout three or four times, draw the plays, and you down 45, 55 points. Okay. See, I trying see, to get I, I don't know nothing about that. Yeah, but I, maybe I should rewatch the game. How about I go back and just watch? No, how about you don't go watch. At the same time, wasn't Earl Watson like hired to kind of like coach them through that haven of I guess it was supposed to be teaching. You know what I mean? We teaching bad habits, right? I don't compete <laughs> to the end. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and we got G League guys on the bench that get them some time. That's what the blowouts are for. You're right. Anyway, <laughs> back to you, right? Because like you know, I I really want to break down, you know, where you were in your role in Phoenix, which was is similar to our roles in terms of. Sacrificing, making the right play, making the right reads. Defensively, we sacrificing our bodies. Offensively, we sacrificing our skill set yep. for the greater good of the team. Mm. Right? You defend the best player every night. Um, on the nights where the top guys didn't play, we got to see you, but it was very rare. Mm -hmm. But you know, make the open shot. You know, get to your mid range. Nobody likes mid range no more. He still got it. You know, mid range guy right there. <laughs> he's afraid. He's afraid to dunk. And so, I think we all kind of saw the talent. But kudos to him. Yeah, he's like for the greater good of the team. This is what I'm gonna do, and so for me to see his, I wouldn't call it a transition, but for him to make that leap, I mean, like right away. Yeah, from caterpillar to a butterfly. Right, right away, and I'm talking about 30, 32, 35, yeah. 34, 35, 34, 40. Got him a forty piece. That, that fishing forty. Was right, crazy. Yeah. It's an inflated forty. Inflation is very high in the NBA <laughs> yeah. right now, but I love it. <laughs> Um, just, I, I want you to talk about, you know, how did you make that adjustment so fast? Yeah. Like, how did you, how were you able to, you know, a new situation and it's just like, I'm just going to go crazy. Like, how are you, how are you confident enough? Cause we know confidence can waver in our league. Mm -hmm. Being confident enough to yeah. know like who you are that fast. Um, I kind of want to say it happened like a month before, like, I mean, a month before I got traded, cause like everybody was hurt, like you know, like Book C, Da, mm -hmm. Da, Da was Da was in in and out, but um, C Payne was out too, Cam Johnson, we had no yeah. no Jay Crowder, so we had like you know a lot of guys out, and um, I had more stuff on my plate at that moment, and it was tough because. Telling a guy that like you know play beside Book and see who has the ball dominant and I'm in a corner yeah. to now be those type of guys and you know the the most thing that I take away from watching Book and see is that making the right play every single time like every single time you touch it like being tired but you still with the defense looking at you every single time like you might want to jack one but like low key the other person's open and you just got to keep making the right play yep. 
Um, and I low-key struggled for a while. Um, but it was just like growing pains. I had a lot of coaches just keep talking to me throughout, like, listen, like, this is going to be good for you. Like, just keep mm -hmm. going through it. Like, you're going to get better. And also, I'm so defensive-minded, like, having so much more offense start bringing my defense down because, like, now I'm getting tired. Yep. And now I'm one of those guys – Cause you know, I always, I always got the worst, play, worst defender guarding me, who's usually the best offensive guy. Oh. Yep. So I get back cuts because yep. they're lacking, yep. and I started to feel that because now I'm low and I'm getting like a little, a little break, and now these dudes are cutting me like yep. they doing all this, and I was getting really frustrated with that because like, you know, scoring is fun, but like defense is like, is is like that's the thing that'll get me frustrated most. Like missing shots. That's that's just life. Like you work on your game. If you yeah. miss, you miss. Yeah. But like defense, something you can control and with your effort. Like that was kind of that was messing me up for a little bit. And I was struggling. I I remember I was in Houston. I think I shot what four for twenty four, like shot terrible. Um, so I've been through a lot. But all them guys being out, it kind of it kind of just worked at a great time. Like that timing of the yeah. trade helped me because I was playing well. And I was having that feeling of being a go-to guy with a lot of pressure and a lot of things. And um, so when that trade happened, it kind of was just like, all right, like you've been through it. Yeah. Now it's like there ain't no more just, well, you know, you know, learning curve. Like you've been uh -huh. through that learning curve. It's time like they got you here. They ain't a good – like Brooklyn was in a, what the four seed. Yep. And it was, it's time to win. So, um, I mean, that's the biggest thing. I think uh -huh. offensively me scoring is – like, I'm not out there trying to just get 30. It's like, I'm trying to win. Right. And I'm trying to make every shot I, I, sh I shoot. Yep. And as a player, as a, a smart human being, if I miss shots, the high probability of us losing is going to go up. Like, you know, if you miss, if I miss every shot, you have a high chance of losing. So I'm trying to make every shot. And then once I'm just making shots and just trying to, I'm looking at the score, seeing where we're at. Like, okay, we aren't making a run or we're down. Like, just trying to catch up, trying to, take the lead trying to do whatever and then you look at the box score it's like oh he has this and that and then I'm like oh shit like I was hooping but I'm really doing all this so I can win that damn game at the end of the day yep. so yep have you always had that mindset I feel like you won two national titles yeah. you know uh, at Villanova you didn't start the first year and everything but yeah you think that type of situation of comprehending and being like yo let me take my time figure stuff out put winning first and everything's going to work out and when yeah. you do get your opportunity you jump out and you take off because your last year of college, not only did you win Big East player, you know, defensive player of the year, um, the Julius Irvin Award, mm -hmm. correct, Big East MVP, but, and then, you know, the national title, but you did that after, you know, coming yeah. off the bench a couple years before. You think all those kind of moments built you up for now where it seemed like it's nothing compared to others? Yeah, for sure. I think being like having different roles, you know, a redshirt first yeah. year. And then my first year playing, we won a championship. I was like the eighth man, yeah. kind of turned to like the sixth man as the year towards the year went on. Um, so having that role, and then by my last year being like a go-to guy, me and Jalen to lead the team to go win a championship, you know. So having that and going through that whole like being a, just a defensive guy, you know, my my first year playing, I'm only out there because of defense. Like yeah. I'm I, I probably I'm I'm not even shooting that much. And I'm not even, I don't care. I'm just happy I'm out there. Yep. And, and I know Coach, you know, I got I got Archie, Josh, Chris Jenkins, Jalen, like Phil Booth. I got them guys who are going to yeah. go score the ball. I'm here yeah. to 
freaking guard the best dude and dive all over the place. And I just we just knew, you know, how Nova goes. Like, if you watch Josh, like when Josh was a freshman, Josh Hart, he did this. Yeah, he did mm-hmm. the same thing. Like he built his way. Then when he was a senior, Big East Player of the Year, mm-hmm. you know, gets drafted and everything. So it's just being around guys and seeing that's how Nova, how it was. So we just, I was just like, I'm just going to keep getting better every year, and the role going to keep going up. And that's how I feel. And it's so funny because it's so Nova and so like that we're so like that every year. I look at like other college teams and other players that just don't get better, and I'm just like, like why? Like you get you got all the time in the world, like just get better. Like you're supposed to be like the top guy by last year, but some people just don't got that mindset. But that definitely that definitely helped me a lot to where like Phoenix. Like my, like years, like averaging like eight points and then keep going up to like eight points, 10 points to like 14. And then like this year it was kind of like, like 16s and I was like, keep going up. Um, but my just role kept getting bigger and I just kept working on my game, kept getting better. Um, and it got me to where I'm at right now. It's just shit, sky's the limit, man. Just keep, gotta keep going from here. How do you view yourself like right now? Like who do you see yourself as like right now? Like if you stepped outside of your body and you saw yourself, what would you say about that guy and what lies ahead for him? Um, man, just a lot. I feel like, you know, me being in Phoenix, if I'm really looking back, like me being in Phoenix, like what I'm doing now, I just thought like it was gonna come, you know, playing behind book and see like, I'm like, all right, it's just like years keep going on, like book ain't going nowhere. So he's gonna keep being book and keep getting better. Like they're going, they're just going to eventually. C's getting older, you know. We have Da, but Da's, you know, around around the rim. Like we need another perimeter guy to go. And I was just thinking, the next year or two, like I'm just going to, you know, be that next guy next to Book. Um, but it kind of went faster than that because you know, of the trade. But I don't know. Me right now, if I look at myself, I just see, I see great things. I mean. It's just all about work ethic and just what I got to keep doing, especially when the season ends, just to keep learning. Um, I didn't think I was going to be no one option like this fast, like I said, because I'm about to trade. But now I just got to learn from it and like, shoot, do I see all-star? Do I see all that in the future? I mean, always. Like, I felt like that when I first got in the league. Like, I'm not saying I'm not writing down like this in the first five years. I got to be one. Just like eventually, you know what I'm saying? Like Kyle, Kyle Lowry was an all-star till like, what year in the league? You know right. what I'm saying? Just seven, eight, yeah. It's all about opportunity. Yeah. Some is yeah. a lot like opportunity. Y'all know in the league, like opportunity is the biggest thing, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's where I'm at now with Brooklyn. Just to be an opportunity, being one of the go-to guys. But um, yeah, I see. I mean, I see great things going. Just it's just crazy that I'm in this situation right now. You could tell me beginning of the year, halfway through the year, I was going to be this person right here. No, I just had to. I had, to, I had to learn quick. I had to jump quick, and um, get to it. So, I got a lot of I got a lot of things in the future. I feel like I could get to. It just gotta go with a lot of work. No, I can't wait to sit down with you. I mean, I'm talking like we need to call Grant Hill, right? Don't what's Grant Hill's role? You know what Grant Hill doing right now? Yeah, I do. He, he's putting the USA team together. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the USA team always needs that guy. Like, I was that guy, not as a, as, a, as an efficient scorer as you. But I was that guy that got on the USA team because it was like, all right, 
he leads his own team, but we need him to defend. We need him to make plays. We need him to play hard, rebound. We need him to be that sacrifice guy. We can't have everybody be the go-to guy on the For USA sure. team. That's where we get in trouble. You mm -hmm. see what happened when Drew Holiday came, when yeah. Drew Holiday showed up, mm -hmm. oh, you just seen him. He just tapped that ass in the finals, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I'm saying you're watching and learning yeah, from that. for sure. I know. And so that that's where I want your mindset to go. And at the same time, do you realize where you are? Do you realize that you're in New York? Yeah, a big market. Who but, the best player in New York? Jalen Brunson. Or Julius Randle. Dead ass? <laughs> Talk to this man. All right, rock, bro. Well, no, no disrespect to you, but. No, who the best player in New York? You know I'm gonna say myself, bro. No, no, rack out. I'm, talk, I'm, talk, I'm, I'm talking about. I'm talking about. I got, I got you too, bro. I got <laughs> no, you too. No, I'm saying like, think about it. We talking about like no disrespect to him, like, no, bro. I'm not even no. a Julius Randle no. fan. Bro. Come on, <laughs> right? I'm saying his... no. You killing? Don't get it wrong. <laughs> no, bro, you doing your thing? Boys, tripping, them boys, bro. them boys are hooping. But think about this, bro. Right, when you talk pound about pound, he's the best player. Pound for pound, yeah. when you talk about you know, you know the way he plays the game, the fluidity of his game. Uh, the many things he could do in the court, he can guard and play five positions. Julius Randle is doing that. I'm not taking nothing away Jaylen from this game. Jalen Brunson is like that. Right Jalen Brunson bro. is, he's a, a top-tier IQ basketball player in the NBA. In the who, league. Who, who's and, getting 40, in the league, 17, and like in the league 17 for 21. Low, low IQ players. You're absolutely right. Which is sad that I say it like that because it sounds like I'm taking it away from Jalen. But yeah. I'm not. Jalen is just so much smarter than these players. No, you're right. And he's he's doing exactly what the game says every time, and he's being rewarded for that. But it's like it's like when you're trying to sell a basketball shoe, yeah. right? You need a player. Like, whose game would you want to emulate as a hooper? Like, who would you want to hoop like if you're yeah. a shorty? You know right, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like Paul George, I always say this. Paul George is the second most talented player in the NBA. And I've been upset at Paul Who's one? Many a time. Kevin Durant. Okay, I was just, I'm, I'm just right. Kevin Durant is the most talented player. I'm talking about the size, the skill set. Right. They, they, both of those guys don't have a flaw in their basketball skill set. Not a flaw. Paul George. What's him. Paul George's flaw? <laughs> no, nothing. Because I we had this discussion. I was just, I mean, I was just talking about this too. No, we had this discussion about Paul George. Somebody said he doesn't do any one thing great. I'm like, oh, that's tripping. That's tripping. Cap, that's yeah. cap. What doesn't he do great? Nah, he's two-way. He's an elite two-way player, which is a good enough for me. What can't he do? Right, what I'm pass, saying. great. Size. He no, can he pass dime, the ball. He can dime, he can dime, he can dime. We guard him I'm, all the time. You guarded him all the time. Man, okay. Rock. Yeah. I'm rocking with whatever y'all saying, Julius. And that's rock. what I'm saying. Like, You know, Julius, everywhere he's been throughout his career, he's been able to be that go-to guy that's yeah. been able to develop yeah. and become himself but like he has to, he's had to take the back seat even Jalen off the bench like we talk about this all the time it's only but so many NBA players on every team it's two guys per team yeah that every day they show up to work they could do exactly what they want every single day like Jordan Poole every day he comes to the Warriors he could do exact he could do whatever he wants like I'm just going to go to work today and shoot the ball every single time <laughs> and have fun and go behind the back spins in transition up one. <laughs> what type of confidence will be built in that? And so I'm saying he's he's what he is in New York 
and we I don't think we like I think we had it with what Brooklyn had with Kyrie, KD, James for whatever reason didn't work. Those guys didn't play more games. I saw I saw that stat. No, Y'all no, didn't play more games. Already more minutes. That's crazy. I was like whoa. Now New York's open for a taking for sure, and, and in situations sometimes it, it's a beautiful follow up because when that turmoil occurred, you're looking for a breath of fresh air. So you get. You get then Witty, Witty back, who's great media-wise, a great talent. You get the shooter, Cam Johnson. You get Mikael, who's marketable and a great guy. So when it's coming down to it, it's like the media brand, like windstorm that's around it is no longer that because at the end of the day, there's 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 no crazy energy falling around. This dude's a happy kid. Everybody yeah. else is happy. And they're going to go go kill, and there's, there's nothing to really come about it. Like He's not going to come out and say some off-the-wall stuff. <laughs> and if he does, he's not too big to say I'm sorry. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? So – it's a breath of fresh air, and it's no knock towards anybody, but I think he's in a perfect position because Brooklyn's right for the taking, and respectfully to the guys in New York. Traditionally, they don't have a perennial top player feel. You have a look of a top player, you play for the Brooklyn Nets, and then if you have to go at it, like you can build more and more around. His best two-way is probably better than Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle's best two-way. Okay. But I'm saying okay. – he was, Jaylen, not, he was gonna die. I will say this. Jalen Brunson, like I always Oof. bank on like historically, and you notice as well as anybody, from when he is 14 to now, he always check wins. his resume. Yep. It's unbelievable. So Man. if you're gonna bank on somebody, bank on my boy JV. Yeah, bank on <laughs> two time player, two two time champion, like national player. The, bro, he yeah. shot 90, 50, 40 in college. Dog. He never had a bad game. No. All right, I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah, he's I never had a bad game. Every day. Right, I, will, I will apologize to Jalen because I have <laughs> yeah. fallen asleep on him a couple times. And low-key, if they're in the same room, Jalen will be like, come on. He'll be looking at Mikael mad 100%, crazy. 100%. Like, are you going to say something? 100%. And, but, that's, <laughs> but this is why I like you. This is why I like him in Brooklyn now. Yeah. Because it's now bun, he can. His bun heads. No. Nope. It's like Brooklyn's going to put some swag in him. Like we gonna, I got a stylist waiting for him. You know we gonna no swag stylist. him out. Just dress how you feel. No, we gonna get him a uniform. <laughs> Just clean cut yeah. look. That's him. That's I'm, comfortable in. I'll take care of you, Mikael. Hey, I appreciate work, you, man. But I'm, I wanna get like this though. Right there. That's what I'm saying. In terms of like, because I think this is this is a different pod because like I like having guys that I really enjoy watching play basketball and I admire as people mm -hmm. and I want to see them like shoot for the moon like. We know how the league can be. It can be brutal. Yeah. And so when you get the opportunity to take it, go get that shit. But in terms of like, you know, you're a, like he said, you're a happy kid. You're great attitude. If you say something wrong, you don't have no problem saying I'm sorry and I apologize. But to some, a GM who probably never hoop, that would be a knock. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think Brooklyn was going to give you that edge. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that maybe that attribute is only a 7-8. But Brooklyn take that edge to a 10, yeah. you know what I mean? And so I guess what I want to ask you is, have you given that thought in terms of, you know, how this environment uh, will mold you or how do you look to embrace the Brooklyn community? Yeah, um, like you said about the media, like it's it's crazy. Like uh, it's like my celebration. Like I've been doing my celebration all year, like all throughout the year. Um, it blew up when CP came back and did it with me. I always, I always text C about like, oh, yeah, like yeah. the celebration. I always text C every time, like, listen, bro, this would not happen if you were not in a video. Like, just because you CP three, like, it's straight up. Like, I've been doing that celebration all year. Mm -hmm. Every single time I made a three, just because C was in a video, it went crazy. But now since being in Brooklyn, like, I do it now. It's like, 
the craziest yeah. thing in the world. And like the media, like, you mean, I'm on my phone, like, since I've got here, my followers just went up crazy. Like the mm. people, the thing is, that's how, you know, the big time media spots are. And like East Coast too, like just love basketball, love sports. So it's just like everybody like in the city loves sports. Yeah. But um, I mean, I embrace it. I mean, I love it. Like, you know, I grew up right outside Philly. Like, I know how it is. Like, being like, like I said, like I was a young kid mad at Chris Webber for taking your number. Like, <laughs> right. you go, what any, what other, what kids are doing that? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, so I, I embrace it for sure, and I, I love it because I mean I don't do nothing crazy, but you know I do a lot of hoop. Like the East Coast, that East Coast expectation is different too, though. Yeah. Like because every like more games are scrutinized. You know yeah, what I mean? but like it's there, like there's who, no real pressure for him. I mean, not saying no real, no dis real pressure. I'm just saying like it's been so smoky, bro. Like literally, it's been a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And like, but you know how quick that changes. Yeah, yeah but, but he's got... turned up, bro. He's a he's unleashed. He don't feel nothing. Like it's it's manifest destiny. Like he just got out of being in the back line, and he's, uh, you know what I mean? He's, mm -hmm. he's, but, he's, he's turned up. Yeah, but my thing about that, like I, I'm like, the thing is, like I'm a great kind of person for this situation because, like. Being criticized is is nothing. Like, like I don't care. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if people get mad and want to go crazy, like of me playing bad, like, do you think <laughs> do you think I want to play bad? Do you think I'm happy about it? So like you criticizing me is like I'm a, I've been criticizing myself since the game ended. Like I so like what's words like words really don't like, especially if you don't know me, like it don't hurt me. Like, even if I play bad and they want to start like switching sides, like that's fine. But like the thing is, I know how much I work. Like, I know how much work I put in. So, like, if I do struggle, I know, like, there's 82 of them, bro. Like, I, I can't sit and soak on it. Like, you know, like, shit, like, you play bad, like, well, shit, you might got one tomorrow. So, mm -hmm. like, you better get get that shit over with and get ready for the next one. So, oh, I we played like, in Philly. We know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one bad game, they on your ass. You think it's the end of the world. Bad quarter. <laughs> you play well one game, it's like, we won the whole damn shit. Right. So. No, nah, I think I feel like personally I'm a great person for this situation just because mm -hmm. like words don't hurt me. Like if you feel some type of way, like all right, that's cool. Like, like I I really I I, I could care less. Like I really could. So mm -hmm. I, I love it though. I'm I'm ready to embrace it. They've been I'm embracing it right now, and things are going good. We just need to get some wins with it. Yep. All right. Well, we always have this uh, part of our show that we always use. You listen to our show. It's called, uh, you know, Guns and Butter. Yeah. People think of the macroeconomic principle, but it's really a scene from the movie Baby Boy with Dean Rains discussing, uh, you know, the micro decisions that somebody made that might not seem big in a moment, but in mm -hmm. retrospect, you know, it paid huge dividends to, yeah. you know, your journey. What What do you think is, uh, you know, one of those moments that you can share with us? I think being in middle school honestly like because you see the kids now like on the internet like how foul they are with everything like i was one of those kids like and i was like a big class clown i used to get in trouble a lot but like i was never like i don't mean no harm like right. i just will go over just a little too much where teachers get a little pissed off i mean I, i've been suspended before multiple like in school suspensions detentions like not off like hurt nobody or I'm just well, just my just petty crook. <laughs> dead, dead ass. And I think um I think I've like grown and matured from that like big time. And low key, like even in middle school, like there's been a couple times cause like me and my friends we joke around a lot and like it it kinda it weighs on me a little bit now. Like I don't even like talking about it, but like like 
like low key being like a bully, low key, like just with my words, mm-hmm. not like physically, just with my words, like making fun of people, like and like just being funny though, and not understanding at that time, like I'm being hurtful. Right. I'm just like cracking up, just want to see my friends laugh. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like we the same damn person. <laughs> so, me too. I about to say what? So that, <laughs> that sound like middle school. So that shit did ass. You were surviving. Everybody grew up, you know, the suburbs, you know, kids get real crafty and sarcastic out there. Yeah. And um, I was one of them, and that shit weighed on me for a little bit, you know. Just going to college, too, just, like, always looking back at that, like, obviously I, you know, want to change that, but, like, shit, like, it made me who I am today. Like, I learned from it. You know, i never be that dude again. Like, obviously I make jokes, but not, like, to ever hurt nobody like that now. Right. But that was definitely probably a moment where, like, I look back and change it from there because, like, I don't want to be that that kid and make people fucking sad and shit just because I'm making jokes, just right. whatever. So I definitely learned from that. So I, I, that takes me to, you know, I, I want to know what you learned from the situation with Aiden, DeAndre, you know, because you just spoke about, like, that was the first person you saw after you got drafted. Yeah. Y'all knew each other, great bond. But people don't understand emotions as an athlete that's trying to win yeah you know you've been to the finals y'all keep y'all keep trying to make pushes to go to the finals like y'all you know like i'm rooting for y'all if we don't win the finals yeah ask c i'm mm-hmm. like see if we don't get there man i need you to go get you one mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i'm telling him that before the games and we playing y'all yeah and so t- to see your interaction with deandre and like it blew up oh the wizards game right yeah you know and you see bradley bill in the background he's you know he's laughing you know because it's a crazy moment but it's just the competitor in you. Yeah. Um, not to relive the moment, but what did you learn from that situation with how, you know, that clip yeah. just made its rounds around social media? Yeah, no, that another thing. That sh- that shit at that time hurt me too. Cause like Dave's like my like one of my best friends. And I was just so locked in, I was so pissed off because we was losing. Mm-hmm. So I was just like trying to tell him to do this and that. And, you know, be, being like just not thinking about DA's situation and being no one pick and like he gets like a lot of hate for no reason. So like, mm-hmm. you know, the world looking at that anyway, like me yelling at him and going back and forth, they're always thinking like he's the problem. And I wasn't thinking that at the moment, but like after the game, like I felt that. And like we got back in the locker room and stuff and coach kind of talked and I just was just at the end, just like apologize, like straight up, like just in front of everybody. And I was fucking tearing up off that. Cause like, mm-hmm. that's like my, that's not my best friend, bro. Right. Like, and I felt like at that moment, like I was embarrassing him, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that was never the damn issue to ever embarrass him. It was just, I was so pissed off. I was trying to like right. d- talk about whatever the hell happened. And yeah, that shit fucked me up. Like I was, I was tearing up on that, like apologize to him. And I mean, he knew like after that, he was just like, you know, we all love hug on it. It was like, Cause I know Kel this and that, like this and that. I'm like, I know, bro. I know too. Like, you know, I've never meant to harm, but like, right. like that's fucked up. Like, right. I will never want to do that to you again. I never want to do that in the beginning. But, but that shit, I learned from that too. Just everybody's watching. You know what I'm saying? Even if you're not trying to be in that way, how the world and media fucking make shit look, they'll make it look like we hated each other or right. like all that. So just learning when to, when to say stuff like, me being that loud, especially at home, like everybody's just, you know, everybody in that arena, we down, they're just looking at us the yep. whole time. So yep. learn from that, just if I'm not pissed off, maybe in a timeout or after the game, just talk mm-hmm. to them about whatever yeah. happening. But that's something yeah. I definitely learned from. I mean, that's tremendous growth. I want to get to, I keep bringing it up because, you know, this is, you know, this is where my mind goes. 
do you think of your brand much and being in New York, you know, what lanes are, are do you want to get in that you have been able to uh, gain access to being maybe in a smaller market like Phoenix? Phoenix is not even a small, small market. It's like top 10 market, but yeah. New York is different. And coming from where I come from and what I'm doing now, I see a lot of opportunities for you. And yeah. I'm, I'm just wanting to know where, you know, what you're ready for and yeah. or what you'll be ready for the next five to 10 years. Where do you see yourself as your brand? Yeah, um, that's probably the biggest thing, like, that I kind of don't think of too much. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I got people that help me, you know, my agency and stuff that tell, like, help me do this and that. And they always help me do this. They'll tell me to do this or ask me. And then I'm, motherfuckers. I'm, I'm more on saying, like, yeah, to, to pretty much everything. And um, but I've, I got great people to help me with that. But, um, yeah, I just, that's something I got to think about as much. Because me, I just, I just want to go hoop. You know right. what I'm saying? I just want to go hoop. But also that's another process, another business side about it. But that is one thing that I probably lack more than out of everything with basketball, mm -hmm. with all that. It's probably that brand situation. But we've been, I've been, I've been better. Just know I've been every year. I've been better. So yeah. no, just my personal opinion. I could be wrong, but I, I don't. I never mind a guy saying I'll just be really focused on basketball and I let the other folks handle that um but i think you have some tremendous opportunities you know um the book air i mean the movie air i just saw the yeah the um premiere of it it was amazing um but just like how unique you are and some of the doors you can get into yeah because you speak so well your background you're a smart kid you have a high iq your values you like you've been speaking this whole time about like when it comes first yeah like every every company wants that like fortune 500 companies yeah know? i'm talking about like kpmg like anytime you see a golfer like professional golfers and you see like what's on their chest or what's on their sleeve or their hat. Yeah. Like those are the companies yeah, that I want to align companies. you with. You know what I mean? Like this, you got some, you know, amazing opportunities ahead of you and you know, don't let them pass by. I got you. You know what I mean? But keep hooping, you know? For sure. Yeah. When you found out you got traded, you know, did Jalen or, uh, you know, Josh reach out, Jalen Brunson, you any type of advice on how to, you know, handle the New York media and New York market and what to expect? Or who going to run New York? Yes. No, let me start with that one first. Uh, no, not really, because cause he, cause me and JB, like, we've been together for so long, like, so many years in college. Like, we know, he know who I am, who he is. Like, we don't get into anything crazy. Yeah. And also, like, the criticism part, like, man, we with the Nova, like, you want to get criticized, like, yeah, go be in a practice at 6 o'clock in the morning with Jay Wright. I bet you you'll get over that real quick. Like, nothing's yeah. going to get to you if, you know, mentally-wise. So... Not, not really. He was just, he was more talking about just, you know, we both in the city and like, you know, linking up and hanging out with dinners and stuff like that. But stuff like that, nah, because like JB's the same way. Like there's nothing you can say to him or say bad words because he's already cr like criticizing himself. Like he's already, like he's, and he's like one of the hardest workers I know. And every shot he shoots, I know that he works on. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to go in every single time, honestly. Mm -hmm. And when I know he misses, I know he's frustrated. I know when he plays bad, like when I watch the games, or I look at like, I look at the stat sheet and I look at you have like one of them shitty games. I already text him. I'll text him and I'll just know like about, say you missed 10 times. I bet you like seven of the eight probably felt great. You know, just the one of them games. It yep. just like felt great. But not, nothing, nothing crazy because we, we both the same. So we don't, we don't care about criticism at all. And, you know, I, we really be chilling. So. None, none wild. 
Josh, on the other hand, Josh Moore, Josh Moore of a media guy. He's he's more out there and mm. but Josh, same shit. Like Josh, Josh will bark back a little bit more to me and JB. Like somebody talk shit about Josh, Josh yeah. is quick. Josh will he if the media criticize him, he's on his ass, but on the ass. But Josh is also tough as fuck with like mentally as well. Yeah. Like ain't shit yeah. you can say to me that I haven't already been through that's gonna ever like let me feel some type of way. So we Nova, man. That that shit different over there. I'll tell you that now. That just being being there with Coach Wright, he gets you prepared for these situations. Right. Was, for real, Mikael Bridges, man. Really appreciate you taking the time with us. We uh we've been really excited, and we've been talking about a lot getting you on. But I'm really more excited about just being um available to you in any capacity throughout the rest of your career, on and off the court, man. Like it's a bright future. So um just continue to enjoy the game. Sure. Um, you know you. It seems like you've been in the league for a while, but five you, years, man. Right, you still got a long way to go. You one of those guys that can play for a long time, yeah. and you know, at some point, you're gonna hit that inflection point where it's like, I love basketball, but do I love the NBA? Yeah, and you know, just to that. try to have the joy as long as possible. So I appreciate you, you coming. Yes, through. sir. Appreciate y'all, man. Yeah. My OGs. Appreciate you. Yes, sir.